The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's up? Everybody, Raymond Summerlin here, your host for this edition of the Rotor World Football Podcast. And I will be joined today, as I am every single Thursday, by Rich Rebar to discuss the Thursday night game. And oh, Rich, what an exciting Thursday night game it is for us to watch this week. So DFS options and, most importantly, the weekly worksheet column later on. Nick Minzio is going to stop by. He has all the most important starts and sits for week 14, the fantasy football season. The playoffs, they are here. We're ready to go. Before we get to all that, however, I would like to remind you to rate and review the podcast wherever you find it. It helps other people find the show. It helps us in the rankings, and we very, very much appreciate it. With that out of the way, let's let's do this thing. What's going on, Rich? Ray, what's happening? I just you know did want to update everyone that I was able to vanquish you in the That's league you were 0-12 in. And That's my punishment uh, for allowing that to happen is that it is currently snowing right now. It is, uh, it is true. I I completed the 0 and 13 fantasy football season. It you know it finished in the way that it makes sense for it to finish with AJ Green leaving early with an injury. <laughs> if he hadn't, I might actually won. To be honest with you, Josh Adams gets stuffed at the goal line a couple times, so that doesn't work out. I mean, it was really that game that matchup was really just a microcosm of the of the entirety of the season, and uh, I'm proud. I'm really proud that I was able to I was able to take this team. That again, it's not even the lowest scoring team in the league, <laughs> and and finish show at thirteen. It's just it's something I'm gonna something I'm gonna remember fondly for a long time. Yeah, and I give you props to you because you stuck with it. You know, you didn't just uh, log out and let your team uh, fade into the abyss. Uh, I, I like that you stuck with it and you tried to keep improving it every week, and you did. It's just you ran into the wrong. You just had the worst fantasy <laughs> luck of all time. Yeah, I'm fine with it. Like I'm really happy actually. I'm glad. I'm glad that it. I'd rather be 0 13 than 1 12. I'm not even lying about that. It's been a it's been a fun year. Uh, so the 0 and 12 or the 0 13 version of Thursday night football is happening this week, and Ooh. that is the Jaguars at the Titans. You you ready for it? You're excited about this game? I will be watching this game on Friday morning, the condensed version. <laughs> I will watch it, but I, I will be watching it on my terms. Yeah, I yeah, it's <laughs> it's it's going to be a slog. I think that it's going to be a slog. 37 and a half point total. Got to get excited about that. Titans are four point home favorites. And I really think there are basically three players that you have to talk about in this game for fantasy. The first, the most important of those is Leonard Fournette back from his suspension. 
and he's really the only Jaguar you're interested in, right? Yeah, and like you kind of hit upon the 37.5 point total. That's dead on because so the Jaguars games feature the lowest amount of combined points in the NFL at 37.2. The team above them is the Titans at 38.8. So they just really split that right down the middle and set that line of knowing where to these set two it teams at. Scored, these two teams scored 12 points, right? In the or was it or was it fifteen? They scored fifteen points with the first time they played each other. So hoping <laughs> hoping for a big game here. Yeah, absolutely. But you hit upon the only guy you're like really excited to like jam into lineups automatically is Fournette that you hit upon. Uh, when he came back from that injury, that hamstring injury, he averaged twenty seven touches per game. He was a top seven score all three of those games. And the Tennessee defense, the run defense, which was good uh, all season long, uh, the last few weeks here are starting to get exposed. They've allowed 150.3 rushing yards per game and 5.6 yards per carry to running backs uh, the past three weeks. So you're going to play Fournette. You know they're going to give him a bunch of touches, even if he's not doing anything with uh, for periods of the game with those touches. He's going to get the ball a ton, and that's all you care about. Yeah, and I mean, he's been... He's been good since since he came back from that injury as well, from a fantasy perspective. At least 100 total yards, at least one TD, two touchdowns in two of those games. So, yeah, I mean, you're playing Leonard Fournette. And like you mentioned it, this matchup, if you looked at it just on paper, you'd say, oh, well, it's not that good. But it, it's not it's not a matchup you should be scared of at all. On the other side, I'm not that excited about using Marcus Mariota, but I, I do think that he's an option this week in, in maybe deeper leagues or people who are having – quarterback issues you know the Jaguars have allowed some some rushing production to quarterbacks they've allowed the most rushing yards and rushing touchdowns to quarterbacks this season Marcus Mariota had 51 yards against them this last time they played he was injured in that game so it's a bit of a weird game but you know he still he still ran well and they've also given up our Mariota's thrown multiple touchdown passes and four of his last five games so he's kind of been fine lately i'm not expecting an explosion but i'm, I'm kind of thinking that he's going to be fine are you there with me yeah from the rushing aspect of it yeah i mean he's averaging 4.1 rushing points jaguars are last in the league you know rush because they play i mean listen the jaguars play their defense they play man-to-man defense they yep. rush with four down four linemen that's it they ain't, they ain't coming out of their defense <laughs> that's what they do and they're going to stick with that so it opens up rushing lanes for quarterbacks merit has had rushing success against them in the past i mean the thing is just like i said you look at this game total it's just like am i really gonna be fishing for points here uh so i mean i think he's a good two qb start and have a hard time getting him like up high whereas the last few weeks it was like yeah he's in the qb1 mix i think he's more of just like a, a mid qb2 uh this week but I, um i think the floor is gonna be there like you said yeah like that's kind of the idea is that if you're desperate at quarterback for for whatever reason it's not really a great week for streaming so if you're desperate at quarterback for whatever reason, I think he's an option. I'm not really interested in anybody else. I guess you could make a case for Corey Davis, but his target share the last three weeks, he really mm-hmm. hasn't even been like what we were hoping for, what we had kind of grown to expect for him. He does have three touchdowns the last four games, but the Jaguars have only given up seven touchdowns to wide receivers all season. It's just... I'm not that interested in playing Corey Davis if I have other options. Yeah, I'm with you too as well. I mean, it's funny as Corey Davis kind of went from a guy that was just like getting a bunch of targets and not doing anything with them, and now he's just kind of like making the most of like four to six targets per game uh, and, and has been productive, you know, the past few weeks. But this is just not a spot to chase points. We already talked about the game total. We talked about maybe, you know, it being kind of like a middling game for Mariota that he's going to rely on his legs more than his arm. And you talk about the Jaguars, even though they've taken a step back defensively, have still been really good against wide receiver play we have to talk about the betting side of this you've mentioned this a couple times now in the last few weeks about favorites on thursday and especially home favorites which the titans are home favorites are now 13 0 and 1 against the spread in the last 14 instances where we've had a home favorite on thursday that's uh that's pretty good 
that's a pretty good trend to go and, and try to get. I, I look at this game and I like the Titan side of it. I mean, this looks like a kind of a classic letdown spot for the Jaguars. We finally had our game. We did what we were going to do. We shut out Andrew Luck and then, you know, travel to Tennessee the next week and have a bit of a letdown. I wish that there wasn't that extra point. I wish it was three. That would make me a lot, a lot happier. The Titans really haven't won convincingly this season outside of that random game against the Patriots. They haven't really, you know, won very convincingly. So I, I wish that it was three instead of four, but I, if I'm taking a side in this one, it's it's probably going to be the Titans. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I mean, just it just keeps just keep hitting that trend until it doesn't hit. We know it's going to eventually end, and it happened last week for just favorites in general and the Saints uh, trend last week. It kind of all just came crashing down at once in that Cowboys game, and you're on the right side of that. So I mean, just just I mean, you keep playing it till it hits if you want, or just stay away because I mean, you're not going to bet this game total. You're not or feel confidently in the game total just because it's so low. And, uh, you know, no one's betting on the Jaguars, like, really winning the game. So, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, you could hear the excitement in our voice for this game. Yeah, we're all, <laughs> man, just pumped up to watch this game, by the way, is on Thursday every single year. It seems like every single year I'd have to go. I didn't go back and check. I should go back and check. But like every year, there's a late season Jaguars Titans Thursday night game. It seems like every single it feels year we like get it. this. Why are we gonna get those mustard jaguar uniforms? They're gonna wear those mustard uh, color rush things that they wear sometimes. Those are horrible. As I understand it, I believe the Seahawks are wearing their lime green ones this week because they're playing on Monday night, right? But those are like fun bad. Like they're kind of fun bad. Uh, like the the some of the color rush ones, like the jaguar ones, especially where it's just like that the the gross mustard. Like it's not even like a fun color at all. Like it's just it's like like gold. It's not anything. It's just gross. It's just, you know, baby diaper color. I don't want. We don't want to watch those. They <laughs> were so out on this game. Let's let's move on. <laughs> let's move on to something that we're actually interested in, and that is DFS. Like we do every week, we're going to highlight a few DFS plays we found using the DFS toolkit over at RotorWorld.com. You can go and uh, you know sign up over there, take a look at it. If you haven't yet, you certainly should do so. It gives you projections for DraftKings, FanDuel, and Yahoo, including point per dollar values, and you can customize those projections based on what you want the system to weight the most, what you care about the most. I've used that lineup optimizer over there all season. I really like that tool, so make sure you check it out. And two of the players who will end up in a lot of optimized lineups this week are Keenan Allen and Jalen Samuels at both sites, actually. They're a pretty good value, according to the optimizer, at both sites. Let's get started with Jalen Samuels because I guess he's more more of the interesting play. He's 3,700 at DraftKings. He's 4,600 on FanDuel. He, what are we doing with Jalen Samuels? Like it was one of the trickier things on Tuesday when the waiver column came out, trying to figure out what do we expect his usage to be now that James Conner is going to be out this week. Seems like maybe even multiple weeks. Do we expect him to come and kind of be the workhorse or we think it's going to be more of a committee with, with him and Steven Ridley? Yeah, I definitely kind of think the latter because Samuels has been that type of player throughout his whole collegiate career. He even already has made the comment this week that he is not a, a bell cow running back. He's yeah. never been that kind of running back in his career. So I have to think that we're going to get Stephen Ridley involved in some kind of capacity. Uh, but it's, it's a guessing game uh, as, as far as that goes. We don't know how the touches are going to be delegated. We do know, however, that Samuels is a really good pass catcher. Probably yeah. better than Connor even was. Uh, but, you know, Connor had just kind of locked in that role. So, I mean, if the Steelers want to maintain the type of offense they've been running over the past six weeks, and they're number one in passing rate in neutral situations over the past six weeks, they've been the most pass-happy team in the NFL, 
they can still continue and swerve into that with Jalen Samuels and probably have an added weapon and not just give him the types of targets that Connor was getting, which were just token running back types of targets. He was getting, he was good in the passing game, was just getting types of dumb. They can use Samuels a lot differently than they can use Connor. Will we get some of that remains to be seen, but they, it's available. It is an option for them to do. Uh, so I'm more interested in him and more full PPR sites or sites that reward uh, pass pass catching backs in general because we don't know if he's going to be a guy that gets the goal line carries inside the five yard line. Is he going to be that guy? We don't know. Uh, is that place that really can be involved in? I mean, the Raiders face twenty nine running back touches per game so far on the season. That's twenty eighth in the NFL. Are the Steelers going to get there with these backs? I'm not one hundred percent sure. It's it's hard to. Really, like I said, it's my hand, our hands are kind of tight. We just really don't know because, like I said, Samuels was never that kind of player, and we haven't seen like the Steelers really incorporate a committee when one of their backs have been down since they had to do it in the playoffs with like Fitzgerald Toussaint and like Ben Tate a few years ago. Uh, so we're gonna get something like that. It remains to be seen. Definitely is a is a tough spot if you went from Connor to Samuels and you picked them up. I'm not 100 percent sure if he's just like an auto RB two this week in weekly leagues or not. But I can say on 3700 on DraftKings in this matchup, I am uh, definitely interested. Still, yeah, I think that that's the idea. Is that he's so cheap on these sites that the risk that we have, the real risk that Stephen Ridley is going to get 15 carries and all of the goal line work. Because by the way, Stephen Ridley is who they turned to week 17 of last year when they had, when they rested their, I believe they had rested their starters mm-hmm. and he ended up getting 17 carries in that game. So it's not like they haven't used him in that way before. I think that the history of kind of like this workhorse usage for running backs is a, is a good mark in Samuel's favor. But like you mentioned it, it's like he, he worked out with the tight ends at the combine for a reason because we didn't know what his position was because he hasn't ever really been that. Now the Steelers drafted him to be a running back. They've used him that way, but it's, it's one of those tricky situations. But if he's 3,700 on DraftKings, I mean, on a full PPR site, we expect him to get that running back usage in the passing game, which as you mentioned it, that could be quite a bit of usage. Yeah. I think you, I think you really have to like him at that price. The other guy I think you really have to like is Keenan Allen, 7,900 on FanDuel, 7,400 on DraftKings. Since the buy, Keenan Allen has a 35% target share, has seen 30% of the Chargers targets inside the 10. And that's notable because if you remember before the buy, when they were in London, he threw a fit about not getting a target in the end zone. And since then, he's just been a target monster. He's averaging 98 yards per game over that span this last five games. He scored in each of the last four games. Literally, my only concern here is volume. Philip Rivers has attempted 30 or fewer passes and all but two of the Chargers wins this season. One of those was that comeback win last week. This is kind of what happened to Denver last week, the Denver pass catchers last week against the Bengals. They just didn't throw that much. But if Philip Rivers even throws 32 times, 35 times, I mean, I'd be shocked if Keenan Allen doesn't smash, right? Yeah, I would say even if he gets around like the 25, 26, you know, attempt mark, which is probably in the realm of probability, he'll still be fine because he's really all they've been going to out of that receiving group is him. They don't use the tight end at all this year. So it's going to be Keenan Allen that smashes. What's crazy about Allen, he's, he's basically having almost a statistical overlap to what happened last year. You remember he yeah. went all the way through the bye last year and was like a wide receiver three, Did it, wasn't scoring touchdowns. Everyone was like, ah, what do we do with Keenan Allen? He's getting all these targets, nothing's happening. And then he blew up like last seven weeks last year. What happened this year? Same exact thing is going on. He's just been on fire. He scored in each of the last four games. Uh, yeah, he's going he's gonna to destroy still this spot uh, and be a part of why the Chargers uh, stack points when they do stack points that inevitably pull away in this game. As someone who whose bold prediction was Keenan Allen would be a a top five fantasy wide receiver this this year, I'm I'm really liking 
the turn of events over the last uh, over the last month. So uh, hope hopefully he's able to keep that going the rest of the way. All right, let's finish up here with the worksheet. As I say every week, you should read the worksheet uh, every week. There you go. That's good sentence structure. Good job, Summerlin. We're going to go over a few players here, but there's information about basically every fantasy-relevant player in the column. So go and read it. It will make you smarter. And we're going to get started with a player I pumped up a bit in the waiver column following his trade to the Ravens, but since I had kind of left him for dead. But after last week, after the usage we saw from him last week, there's there's something interesting about Ty Montgomery, right? Yeah, he's been on the field now for 28, 27 snaps the past two games. He's run 12 and now 16 routes the past uh, two games. And last week he led the team with seven targets in the passing game in a game which signaled that he should be used more. And hey, no, rational coaching somehow came through. And that's the case again this week against the Chiefs defense. They're allowing the most receiving points per game to opposing backfields. Uh, they're 30th in receptions allowed. They're 32nd in receiving yardage allowed uh, to back opposing backfields. Hit Gus Edwards, who he's sharing a backfield with, has one more target than you and I on the season. Uh, <laughs> and, and they've had three games in a row where they were favorites and games they could control. Now they're going on the road to Arrowhead, where Kansas City averages a plus 16-point differential per game per home this, at home this season. It's the largest in the league. Gus Edwards is a real threat to get scripted out of this game. And if he does, then Ty Montgomery, who already should be incorporating the game plan like he was last week, he didn't get those seven targets chasing points. He had seven targets as part of a game plan, a game they controlled. Uh, he could be a guy that definitely flirts with like a sneaky uh, value in PPR this week and probably in PPR could outright outscore Gus Edwards in this game. Yeah, I'm very worried about Gus Edwards this week. And I was when I was looking at the pickups, I, I wrote in there that – Montgomery probably because you know, Kenneth Dixon was the big name, but Kenneth Dixon was just an early down guy. He's still stuck behind Gus Edwards. Ty Montgomery is is probably there's a good chance he's a better fantasy bet than Kenneth Dixon the rest of the way, and especially in this game, like like you said, this game sets up really for Ty Montgomery. So it'll be interesting to see how that works. And I'm also very very worried about Gus Edwards. I have to start him in a league that I had Brita and James Conner, and I'm not I'm not I'm not liking that right now. So we'll we'll have to see how that works out. Let's move on to Josh Allen, who, based on what he's done the last two weeks, I knew that you would not give up the opportunity to talk about Josh Allen. So, so lay down the code on us and tell us tell us what we need to know. <laughs> yeah, uh, I believe in the Slack you ta- you cited that he is the the uh, best running back in the league. Uh, That's right, that the best def- running back in the NFL. <laughs> that that has definitely proven to be the case. Um, you know, what's funny is because we we've, we've been in the midst of this Lamar Jackson storm and, and hyping, you know, Lamar Jackson and his rushing has definitely been viable for fantasy. Uh, but the thing is, when you rely just on rushing, you know, you only become a floor player like Lamar Jackson has. Josh Allen has shown us that he's been able to turn in the true you know, the up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, BA start into high ceiling weeks. He's been a top five quarterback score the past two games uh, and in three and seven it starts now in the season um the last two weeks he's had 99 rushing yards and 135 rushing yards uh it's a shame that he arbitrarily missed that 100 yard mark the two weeks before by one yard because he would have been the first quarterback ever to rush for 100 yards back that games uh, which would have been fun like the, a fun little nugget i still want to give him the credit because it was only one yard uh but if you look at the bills now the bills are starting to actually look like a semblance of an offense now they've averaged yep. uh 398 yards per game uh of total offense uh after averaging just 248 yards per game through nine games which is 31st in the league uh the former is 
it puts them at ninth in the league over the last three weeks. Uh, only Cam Newton has more runs of 10 or more yards than Josh Allen on the season. Cam has 20. Josh Allen has 15. Allen's played a lot more games and run less, so he has the highest rate of those runs uh, for all quarterbacks in the league. Uh, and then you're playing a team that has just basically quit on the season in the Jets this week. So Josh Allen's not a clean starting option in like a 12-team league. Uh, but if you're an underdog or if you're an underdog in a 2QB league and you've been rolling out someone like Matthew Stafford or you've got one of these guys in like the middling QB range and you're a dog, I mean, you have to kind of consider Josh Allen as like a, a really upside start to make up those points this week. When I was looking at the streaming options in the waiver column, I flirted with Allen over Mariota and I kind of wish I would have done it because as you're right, like if you're fishing that low for a quarterback at this point in the season – then you might as well take the upside shot on Allen. Now, there's a concern. I called him the right. I called him the the low cost Lamar Jackson, right? But the concern is is that Lamar Jackson's been doing this rushing on on designed runs and a lot of attempts, and Allen just hasn't been doing that. Even last week, it was just all scrambles. He was able to take advantage of the defense and was able to. He's now done it two weeks in a row. But there's a real chance that he just comes out and has 20 yards this week on the ground. And if that happens, you need that passing production to really step up and he had it last week against the Dolphins. He played really well against the Dolphins. He should have he sh- they should have won that game if Charles Clay doesn't drop a touchdown in the in the end zone. So that's the concern you have with Allen is is this rushing production stable or is it just something that's happened two weeks in a row? I don't know. I think he's probably going to be a 30 yard, 35 yard guy most of his career. But I don't I don't know if this kind of rushing production we can trust. And then with this offense, I mean thankfully Kelvin Benjamin's not there anymore. That's a major <laughs> plus for Josh Allen because any Kelvin Benjamin target was a wasted target. But it's, you know, I, I'm kind of wary of him, but I think the point you made is right. If you need that upside, if you're fishing this low in the quarterback barrel, might as well just take the upside shot on Josh Allen and, and you know, and see what, see what you can get out of it. All right, let's finish up with the poster boy for the worksheet this week. That's Mr. Ezekiel Elliott. So what do you have on him? Yeah, Zeke has really hit his groove. You know, it's funny is that, you know, uh, at the start of the year, Zeke was just like, he was a good fantasy option, but kind of was just, just okay. Like just getting, getting a lot of, of, of volume. And he had, he had, I think he's got four of his worst, lowest rushing games uh, of his career. Uh, four of the six have come this year at the start of the year, but that has not been the case recently. Now he's averaging 156 yards per game over his last five. And where he's really starting to do his damage is in the receiving game. He's got 28 receptions over that span after having just 25 catches through seven games. He ha- now has six games this season with five or more catches, four in a row. He had just one of those games in his career coming into the season. That was always the big knock on Ezekiel. He was a great pass catcher in college. That Cowboys have not thrown the football. Well, they have over this span. And now he's got a great matchup that wasn't a great matchup at the front half of the year. And he was kind of the guy that broke the lid off of the the Eagles' like rushing defense uh, in that game that they played on Sunday night. The Eagles have now allowed 139 rushing yards per game, 6.6 yards per carry to opposing running backs um, over their past four games with five rushing touchdowns. Uh, over the first eight games, that was at 50.6 rushing yards per game, so almost triple and 3.8 yards per carry and just two rushing touchdowns uh, on the season to that point. So, I mean, Ezekiel Elliott, he's going to be doing a lot of the eat him up even unfortunately after the three-yard runs uh, as opposed to the 20-yard runs. I'm surprised you didn't have you didn't have C.J. Anderson as your cover 
cover player. <laughs> you have any CJ Anderson questions? Sorry, this is a tangent. You have any CJ Anderson? Because I just saw the news that Doug Martin has a knee injury, and so it explains why CJ Anderson was was signed by the Raiders. You have any CJ Anderson questions I got after that signing? Oh, I man, I can't imagine. I actually did not have any CJ Anderson questions for the thank everything. Thank sweet, the sweet lord of fantasy that I did not have to answer any CJ Anderson questions yet. Well, I mean, Doug Martin's hurt, so... <laughs> You know, Doug Martin was playing well. I'll give you some, you know, listen, Doug Martin was playing well. No, I know. It's so annoying. Doug Martin is the, <laughs> I love him to death, but he is the most annoying player to love. If you are in the Doug Martin fan club, as I am a founding member of, it is, it is just, it's, it's heartache. It's absolute heartache. It's just the worst. But how no. amazing was it last week that the Raiders had all three of their running backs lost a fumble? <laughs> It's peak Raiders. It really is. It's, it's peak Raiders. We, we feel for you. But they were we the first home double-digit dog to finally come through. They finally did it for us, and obviously we didn't bet it. because we're Nope, dead. not a chance. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's, that's it. That's it for us. Enjoy the Thursday night game, and uh, I'll be back in just a second with Nick Vinzio to talk about some starts and sets. So stick around. Listen up, fantasy football fans. You need to try out Draft. It's weekly fantasy football, but with no salary caps. On Draft, you play in live snake drafts with other people, just like in your season-long league. It's a draft that lasts for just one week. There's no roster management. You set it and forget it. Once you're done drafting, that's absolutely it. Drafts start every couple minutes. You can join one right now. And the best part? You're playing for cold, hard cash. Drafts start from just $1, so there's a draft out there for everyone. Come and join me on Draft today. You can download the app anytime. Just search Draft in your app store and join a game in minutes. Or you can play on Draft.com, whatever you like. For a limited time only, all new players get a free entry into a draft when you make your first deposit. But you have to use our promo code ROTOWORLD. That's right. Play a real money game for free just for using our promo code ROTOWORLD on your first deposit. Just search Draft in the app store or go to Draft.com to get started. We are back with Nick Minzio, who writes the Stardom and Sitem column over at RotorWorld.com. You should make sure you go and read that. What's going on, man? What's up, Ray? You're you're a little under the weather today. A little under the weather today, but playing playing hurt for us, and we appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. Came down with the flu this morning. Uh, bedridden. Uh, <laughs> Try not to leave the house. You know, you're bedridden. You're you're like you're like a walking uh, Captain Andrew Luck. <laughs> Who uses the word bedridden? That seems like a- definitely old school term. There, <laughs> my wounds have me bedridden. Good stuff. Good stuff. But yeah, still coming in. Still coming in hot with the start sits, and I I, I mean hot. I have to mean hot because one of your starts is Demarius Thomas, who. Hasn't done really anything. The Texans had that two touchdown game, but aside from that, hasn't done much. So what do you like about him? Yeah, last week I had him in the sits, came up with a 3-32-0 line. Pretty expected. He's been he's seen 14 total targets in four games since joining the Texans. This is the overall wide receiver 59 in fantasy points per game in that span. Ooh. High watermark for targets in the game has been five. That's been each of the last two weeks. But he's playing close to 80% of the snaps. Seeing the, seeing the field's not a problem. I mean... The issue really here is that the Texans just have won nine in a row. They don't have to throw the ball very much. Um, last week was Deshaun Watson, Deshaun Watson's first game with 30-plus pass attempts since week four or five, I believe. He's And he had six straight games of 
25 attempts or fewer. So they're just not throwing the ball a lot. They're running the ball pretty heavily. Um, but I like the spot for Thomas. This is a game featuring two of the eight fastest paced teams and offenses in the NFL. And both are in the bottom half of the league defensively and opponent plays per game. So I think Thomas is back on the wide receiver three radar here. This this Colts defense is the, the issue with the Colts is that they can't stop the pass that well. They're number four in run, de- run defense DVOA and 21st against the pass. I like Watson, the top 30 pass attempts again in this game. And this is just easily the best offense the Colts have faced since the Patriots in week five. Since then, they faced the Jets, Bills, Raiders, Jaguars twice, Titans, and Dolphins. So, I mean, this Texans offense is easily the best best team they've seen since early, early October. So, I like Thomas to flirt with six to eight targets, maybe more. I'm not going to get my hopes up for double digits or anything like that, obviously. But I think you can find the end zone against a struggling pass defense. Yeah, and I think, you know, if... If Watson actually has to throw, which as you mentioned, just hasn't been the case lately, then then that kind of changes the math for for everybody in that passing game. Mm-hmm. You know, even DeAndre Hopkins, who has been he's been fine, certainly, but you would certainly like it if he if he was to see more targets and then Demarius Thomas, I guess we can't count on Kiki Cutie to to do anything. But yeah, it's a it's interesting. If this game actually forces them to throw, then we could see some surprising numbers. Let's move on to LaShawn McCoy, who, you know, he disappointed in a pretty good spot last week. He keeps getting the touches, but he just hasn't really been doing much with him. But you you expect him to bounce back this week. Why? Yeah, like you said, volume hasn't been his problem. He has 32 carries over the last two weeks since the bye. Just putting up yards has been, has been the issue. He has 98 scoreless yards on those 32 carries. 3.06 yards per carry. Has just five catches in that span as well for 19 yards. Hasn't scored a touchdown since the bye. Um, and in those two games, Josh Allen has 235 rushing yards with a touchdown on the ground with three through the air. He's the overall QB one in that span. And McCoy is the RB 40 in that span. So it's been a kind of one one goes off, one doesn't. And in the, in the game before the Bills by when they faced the Jets in week 10, McCoy set season highs in rushing attempts with 26 rushing yards with 113 and also scored two touchdowns with the Bills just like stomping the Jets in their own in their own backyard with Matt Barkley at quarterback. Um, and then the Jets following game, Sony Michelle hung a 21-133-1 rushing line on them. And then last week, Derrick Henry and Deion Lewis combined to average 4.7 yard, 4.75 yards per carry in the Titans win. So the run defense for the Jets is just not playing that well. They're 22nd in run defense DVOA, 21st in fantasy points allowed. The running backs, only five teams have faced more rushing attempts and only five teams have surrendered more touchdowns on the ground. So I like, I like to go back to the well on McCoy here as an RB2. Yeah, I think it makes sense because like you said, the volume's there. This matchup is one he was actually able to take advantage of. Mm-hmm. I worry they're just not going to be able to run. Aside from the, as as Rich and I talked about, the best running back in the league, Josh Allen. I worry <laughs> I worry that they might not be able to to run the football just again this season. But yeah, I think that, I think this is a, a good spot for him to, to maybe bounce out of that. Let's move on to the dislikes. And first up on the list is the bus himself, Gus Edwards. You know, he's been getting the volume as late, monster volume as of late hasn't really had the touchdowns it's kind of been middling fantasy games because of that but you you expect it maybe even be a little worse this week right yeah he's been playing he's played 57 percent of the snaps since taking over um three weeks ago when lamar jackson also took over at quarterback um he has rushing lines of 7 17 115 and 1 23 for 118 yards and then 21 carries for 82 yards last week all awesome volume i mean that's that hasn't been the issue at all but lamar jackson's Kept a couple balls in the red zone. I scored two short rushing touchdowns. Ty Montgomery, though, played has been seen an increased role in the past game. And then Kenneth Dixon was activated last week from IR. 
So Edwards played a, a three-week low, 49% of the snaps, um, has been battling an ankle injury. I just think this backfield could could turn on its head again with Dixon maybe getting some more run, Montgomery solidifying himself in the past game, and then the Ravens just might have to, might be forced into playing catch-up mode here in Kansas City at, Arrow, at Arrowhead against high-flying Chiefs offense. I just it, it's just going to have to be touchdown or bust for Edward touchdown or bust for Edwards. Um, it's hard to it's hard to sit him in against the Chiefs dead last defense and, and run defense DVOA, and then this this game has a total of fifty three and a half points, one of the highest on the board. But I just think this could turn into a spot where the Ravens are chasing points, and then Edwards kind of gets phased out of the offense. Yeah, Rich talked about Ty Montgomery and about how even last week how many targets he got, how how much he played, and this game would seem to fit Ty Montgomery and and his kind of passing down ability more than it would Gus Edwards. You don't know if with Lamar Jackson, they're even willing to to go through and do that. But I do think there, there has to be a lot of concern that Edwards is going to get scripted out of this game this week. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's certainly a, that's a big problem because you know, his calling card, as you mentioned, it has been volume. And if that volume disappears, then, then we're, we're certainly concerned. Finally, there have not been many players more disappointing over the last few weeks than Alshon Jeffrey and it doesn't sound like you expect him to reverse that trend against the Cowboys. Yeah, there hasn't really been a bigger loser from the Golden Tate trade on the Eagles than Jeffrey. Since the since the trade, Jeffrey's seen a total of 21 targets in four games, and eight of those came in Tate's debut when he played just 29% of the snaps. Tate's been in on 58% of the snaps the last three weeks. Um, Jeffrey has failed the top 48 yards or scored a touchdown in each of the last five games. He has just one 100-yard game on the year, which was his week four debut in Tennessee. Things just don't look like they're going to get any get any easier this week in Dallas. The Cowboys are number 10 in pass defense DVOA and allow the third fewest fancy points to wideouts. Uh, Byron Jones, who's going to see a lot of Jeffrey on this one, is pro football focuses number two. Cover corner out of 113 qualifiers um, hasn't allowed a touchdown in his coverage all season, and only four corners have allowed a lower passer rating in their coverage. And then when these two teams met back in week 10, Jeffrey parlayed those eight targets into a four catches for 48 yards day. Um, and that was the same day Tate played 29% of the snap. So Tate's role has, has grown and Jeffrey's has gone the other direction. I just, I just don't like Jeffrey um, in the spot the first week of the fantasy playoffs. It's just hard to trust him in a 43-point total game, the fifth, fifth lowest of the week. As we we think we've talked about a few times now, the, the Cowboys defense is good. And uh, we saw that certainly on full display last week. So yeah, I think that, at this point, you have to start treating the Cowboys defense as a, a pretty big downgrade. Uh, mm-hmm. spent f- passing games, running games, whatever. I think it, we have to treat it that way. Thanks as always, Nick. Remember, you can follow Nick on Twitter at Nick Minzio. You can also follow Rich at Lord Reeves. I am at RM Summerlin. Also, do not forget to rate and review the podcast wherever you find it. And we will be back to talk to you next week. longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards the longest field goal ever missed also 76 yards why bring this up because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70 yard field goal it probably won't go well so set a limit when you gamble and stick to it 
Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle. Because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider. And also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your crave.